This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 38. And the quote of the day is from Donald Trump, who said, if you're going to be thinking anyway, might as well think big. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And do you want to increase your chops and independence fast? If so, download my new ebook, Stick Control Variations. It's 11 creative exercises to help you with your independence and your chops. And best of all, it is free if you sign up for the mailing list at drummersresource.com. It's normally $9.99, but I'm giving it away 100% free. Just sign up for the email list at drummersresource.com. Today, I want to go over my seven tips for highly effective practice. And over my close to 20 years of playing drums, uh, there's I've had all types of problems practicing uh, when I was younger and could never figure out exactly how to practice effectively and how to get the most out of my practice sessions, especially fitting it in with school. And I had, you know, work after school and then college and jobs in college and everything. So I started to do certain things that really, really changed the way that I practiced and really gave me the best bang for my buck, so to speak, and gave me the most productivity out of the smallest amount of time. And so I'm going to get into that, just give you some tips. And I really think this will help with some of your practice sessions. And you'll definitely see your productivity go up. So let's get into it. The first thing is you want to start your session and you want to end your session playing well. So what I always suggest is when you go into the practice room or you sit in front of your pad, play the stuff that you like playing. Play songs that you like. Play grooves that you like. Play stuff that you already know how to play. This One, it'll get you warmed up. It'll get you in a good mood. And before you get there, you'll be thinking about going to play drums, not going to work on something really hard that you can't figure out how to play. So as soon as you get in there, play something that you like. Play, you know, like I said, some tunes or some figures or some grooves that you really dig. That'll get you in a good mood. Do that for a portion of your practice time. Then get down into the nitty gritty and concentrate on what you really need to practice. So if you're going to practice for an hour, I would say for 15 minutes, play whatever you want. Play the stuff that you like. Play the stuff that you're really good at, right? Then for a half hour, you want to really get down to what you're there to practice. So whether it be rudiments or whether it be you're trying some new swing stuff or whatever it is, dig down into that and really concentrate on it. And don't play anything else and don't work on anything else. Just work on exactly what you went there to practice. And it'll be frustrating and you'll start to get discouraged and you know you're going to be like man I'm really I'm I'm not getting this I'm not getting this pattern or I'm not getting this groove or whatever and then the best part is after that allotted time that you set aside to practice that then you got the end of the session and then you go back and play whatever you want again so play your favorite grooves play your favorite songs stuff like that and what that has done for me and I know it works for a lot of other people is that if you end it or if you started and end it on a high note then that it, it lowers your your uh, or the amount that you're discouraged. It really it, like if you leave discouraged the next day, you're not going to be so eager to get back in there and, and, you know, get back on the horse, so to speak. 
But if you leave feeling good and you're like, man, I really I crushed that groove and I, I felt I felt great. That's going to give you a lot more incentive to go in the next day and practice again. And you start off the same way the next day. Boom, right into some grooves that you like, then the hard stuff, then back to the fun stuff, the easy stuff, and then you're done. And that's something that's worked for me over the years. I know it works with a lot of my students, and I know a lot of other people that suggest that as well. So that's uh, one of the tips. The other one is while you're wor- while you're practicing, um, when you're in that that section of dedicated time where you're where you're working on things, you want to work on things that you don't know or that you can't play. And and you know if you're not if if you sound good while you're practicing, then you're not progressing because it's already stuff that you know. So you really want to practice things that you cannot play. So if you can't play two over three or two against three, you know, then you should work on that. If you can't play swing stuff, that's the stuff that you need to work on. The practice should be challenging. So you have the first portion and the last portion of your practice time to have fun and sound good. And the other time you should be practicing on things that you cannot play. That's the biggest way to really grow your skill level and, and really uh, have your, have exponential growth if you're always practicing stuff that you don't play well uh, i guarantee that's going to help you out the third tip is to start small a lot of people will say you know okay i want to learn how to play jazz and then they'll go watch elvin jones play and he's so far advanced and then you you know they look at their playing and they say man there's no way that i'm ever going to be able to get to that level it's so far away it's it's like the top of the mountain and not that I'm saying that you're ever going to play like Elvin Jones because I don't think anyone will ever play like Elvin Jones again um plus he invented it that's a whole different thing you know he invented that his style so um but the thing that you want to do is you want to kind of bite off small pieces rather than looking at this huge monumental thing that you have to climb so you know, I always look at the end goal and then reverse engineer it and say, okay, if I want to play, you know, the stuff that Elvin can play, how do I get to that point? Then you start reverting back and going back and going back until you break it down into small itty bitty little steps. So don't look at, don't look 10 steps ahead of, of what you need to learn. Just look at the here and now and say, okay, well, I want to learn how to play like Elvin Jones. What's the first thing I need to learn how to do? Well, I need to learn how to play jazz, right? So back it down even farther. I need to learn the swing beat. Bing, sick, ding, sick, ding, right? So let's, let me try to figure out how to play that. Let me just break this down into really small, manageable pieces and then use those as building blocks to get to the next thing, to get to the next thing, get to the next thing. Because it's the same way with if you're trying to lose weight or you're, you know, you're trying to get anything done. If you say, I need to lose 40 pounds. And if you look at that, you know, it, it's a monumental thing. But if you say, I need to go to the gym today, that's all I got to do. Just go today. And then tomorrow you wake up and say, I got to do that today. Again, I have to go to the gym again today. Same thing with playing drums. Same thing with anything else. Take these, take your goals, break them down into small manageable pieces and then go to work on those goals and use those as building blocks to the bigger things and then the bigger things and then the bigger things. The fourth piece of advice that I have is to work on things that you're actually going to use during a gig or recording session, etc. For most of the practice time, that's what I suggest spending the time on. There's a, a thing that Roy Burns from Aquarian Drumhead said that that 
he said 95% of the time drummers practice things that they're going to use 5% of the time. And I'm not saying don't work on cool licks and, and all these crazy, you know, different patterns and everything, but use that for your free time. You know, if, if you're not a prog rock drummer and you don't want to be a prog rock drummer, but it's fun to play once in a while, don't do that. Don't practice that for your, in your practice session, do that in your, in the beginning or the end of your session for your fun time. Um, but during the, the hard focused or the extremely focused part of your practice session, work on things that are actually going to improve your playing for employable skills, like learn grooves, learn songs, learn, um, you know, dynamics, learn your rudiments, learn all that stuff, because that's going to, that's going to really give you the tools that you need to succeed. So why not spend most of your time learning those tools? So like I said, work on things that you'll actually use in a gig or recording session and and leave all the wild and crazy stuff to the side um, and use that for, for your fun time. Unless you're going to use that wild, crazy stuff. If you get hired all the time to play all these crazy, like all these crazy rhythms and, and do all these crazy fills and everything, then that's what you should be spending the most amount of your time on. I'm not saying that nobody should do that, but use the time wisely to practice things that you're really going to use in your day-to-day career and playing. The fifth piece of advice that I have is that something is better than nothing. A lot of people will set aside maybe a half hour to practice every day or maybe an hour. And they say, well, I'm not going to be able to do that hour. So I'm not going to do anything, which is a horrible way of looking at it for, for a couple of reasons. One, if, if you say I'm going to practice on Monday for an hour and you say, you know what? I don't have an hour, so I'm not going to practice right now. You're and say you practice the whole week before now on Monday, you don't have time to practice. Then Tuesday, you don't have time to practice. Now it's Wednesday. Now you're starting to break the habit. So once you get into Wednesday, you're like, ah, I don't really feel like practicing. You may practice for a half hour Thursday. Ah, you know, I, I got this going on, that going on. Then you practice for 20 minutes by Friday. You're not practicing at all. The following week, you don't practice. Next thing you know, it's been three weeks since you practice because you're starting to break down that habit. So if you say, okay, I'm going to practice every day for an hour. And on Monday, something comes up. You get home from work late or you have a lot of schoolwork to do or, or some family stuff going on. You know what? Let me do 20 minutes. Let me do 10 minutes. Let me just keep the habit fresh in my head that I'm going to practice at least something today. So I have to do something. So something is always better than nothing. Even if you can't get your full one hour in, at least get some time in, keep the habit fresh, keep your hands fresh, keep your mind on playing drums. And then the next day, get right back into that hour routine or wherever your routine is. It may be a half hour a day, maybe 10 minutes a day, whatever. But something is always better than nothing. So if you can't get your full practice time in, cut it in half. If you have to cut it into a quarter, if you have to same thing, it's like the gym, you know, it's like, well, I can't go for an hour and a half, so I'm not going to go. That's, that's crazy. Go for 20 minutes if that's all you can go for, but something is always better than nothing. Number six, start everything slow. The biggest mistake that I see people do is they learn a pattern or they'll learn a groove or, you know, they'll learn a tune or something and they try to play it really fast right out of the gate. And all you're doing is you're actually shooting yourself in the foot because you're not giving your brain and your hands and your body time to learn this pattern or to learn this groove. And 
you know, a lot of the times it's not a matter of whether or not you can play the pattern, right? So if you take something like if you're really bad at singles and, you, you know, you say, okay, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. That's a really simple pattern. Very simple. And so people's ego gets into the way and they say, well, it's a simple, it's a simple pattern. So I should be, I can play it really fast. And then you try to play it really fast and you're like, oh, and it doesn't sound good. And your hands get all caught up. And the problem is you haven't given your body and your brain and your muscles to the chance to learn this pattern. This stuff takes a long time to learn. So give yourself a chance to learn it. Do it slow. Put your ego aside and say, okay, I'm going to take this paradiddle or this, these single strokes and I'm going to practice, practice them at 60 beats a minute. And then tomorrow I'm going to practice them at 61 or 62 you know, and slowly build it up. I always tell people if you're going to go from like 60 to 90 BPMs, you don't want to go 60, 70, 90. You want to go 60 then 62 then 64, maybe 65, 70 you know, 72, you don't want to make these huge jumps. You want to slowly graduate to faster and faster. And speed comes naturally. And speed comes with starting slow, practicing slow, making sure that you have the the proper form, making sure that you have the proper mechanics going on with everything, giving your brain and your body a chance to learn it. So start slow, put your ego to the side and face it that you can't play it. It's fine. It doesn't matter if you can't play it. Take the time, learn it slow. I guarantee the speed will come a lot faster if you practice it slow. It doesn't sound like it makes sense, but I promise you it does. Start slow, the speed will come. And the seventh piece of advice that I have is commit to a certain amount of time that you're going to practice and the time of day that you're going to practice. And it can be an hour a day, seven days a week. It can be 10 minutes a day, three days a week. Hold yourself accountable to some amount of time that you're going to practice because you have to put a definitive, a definitive time frame on a goal or something that you're going to do. You can't just say, I'm going to start practicing more because that's such an open-ended goal that if you may practice, if you haven't practiced in six months, if you practice one minute in a week, then that's more than you were practicing before. So you're like, oh yeah, I'm practicing more than I was before. I, I practiced a minute three weeks ago so which you know something is better than nothing but I don't know a minute's really not going to do that much for you but if you did a minute a day that's seven minutes a week that's a little bit more than you were doing before you know that's 28 minutes a month that's a little bit more than you were doing before so so uh maybe a minute wouldn't wouldn't be the worst thing but I I would say you know maybe try to do if you're not practicing at all right now start with maybe three days a week for 20 minutes a half hour. Nothing overwhelming. If you go out with this ambitious goal, I'm going to practice three hours a day for seven days a week for the next six months. If you're not practicing now and you want to get to that goal and you know you say that you're going to start that on Monday morning, I'm guessing by Friday that goal will be over because you won't, you won't do it. You have to build up to, to lofty goals like that like we talked about earlier. So maybe set your sights on three minutes or I'm sorry, three days a week, 20 minutes at every time right? Or an hour a day, five days a week or a half hour, just something definitive, something concrete that you can say X amount of minutes or X amount of hours, depending on where you're at and X amount of days per week. 
and hold yourself accountable for it. Keep track of it. You know, give yourself a reward for for practicing if you if you hold up your end of the bargain. Say, all right, I'm going to treat myself to whatever I don't know a candy bar or whatever you you know whatever you, you like. Uh, you know, treat yourself if if you held if you held yourself accountable and really and and uh, achieve those goals and or practice the days that you said that you were going to and for the allotted time. So those are my seven tips for highly effective practicing in review. Number one, start your practice session and end your practice session sounding good. So play the stuff that you like Two, work on things that you don't know. And if you sound good, you're not progressing. So always challenge yourself in that dedicated practice time to things that you don't know how to play. Three, start small. Remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So get small little wins every day and use those as building blocks to achieve bigger, loftier goals. Number four, work on things that you'll actually use on gigs, recording sessions, etc. Things that will make you more employable and get people to want to work with you more. Number five, something is better than nothing. So if your 10 minutes a day is definitely better than not doing anything that day. So always get a little bit of practice time in if you were planning on practicing that day. Number six, start everything slow. Speed comes with practicing things slow. So start off slow, put your ego to the side and learn the proper movements and the mechanics of whatever you're trying to play. And number seven, commit to a certain amount of time or a you know, certain amount of days per week that you're going to practice and stick to it and hold yourself accountable. Cool? So those are the seven steps. If anybody has any questions, feel free to email me, nick at drummersresource.com. I hope these helped you out. And like I said, these are tips and tricks that I use for my own practicing that have really... Uh, help me help my growth exponentially. So I hope they really help for you. Check us out at drummersresource.com, facebook.com forward slash drummersresource, on Instagram at drummersresource, and on Twitter at drummersrsource. And if you're looking for something to practice, download my ebook, Stick Control Variations. It's 11 creative exercises to help you improve your chops and independence fast. Normally $9.99, 100% free if you, signing up, if you sign up for the mailing list at drummersresource.com. And until next week, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.